It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers. Gentlemen, uh, hello uh, on a, uh, a very uh, hot Wednesday in St. Louis. Yeah, it, 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 it would have been worse yesterday, too. That's for sure. Or was it yesterday or the day before that was really bad? It was the day before you. How about Saturday? Saturday felt like it was a sauna, and every time I went outside, someone threw a hot bucket of water on the rocks. <laughs> you know, you know that feeling where yeah. also it's like woof, even or, worse. Remember, in Ve- you've been to Vegas. I'm, I'm going to assume. Sometimes. I can't believe you came back. I mean, they told me that. you've been to Vegas. I have not. You walk out the hotel room, and it's like somebody has a hair dryer in your face. It's literally well, usually somebody does. Uh, I didn't um, know that I mean, it happens. <laughs> um, but do you go walking in the heat like that? Because I know you're yes. a big trail guy. I know you yeah. love to get out into the wilderness. I went outside Saturday, went to do the yard work. Hey, a man in his yard work, Donnie. I know yeah, you understand, Jeff. Yeah. I know your well, wife understands yes. that. So, <laughs> I um, have to ask her to use the lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> and I started to kind of piddle around, and I was like, dude, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Like, this is where I'm going to end up face first in the yard. And the kids are going to be like, hey, look at dad. He's tanning. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. He's, dad. he's been tanning for a day and a half. He's dead. Too much. Yeah, I'll man, I got to mow today, but I'm going to wait till like five. Uh, to to even get started because what's your deadline on mowing? As far as too late, too early, too late. Because Jeff, I heard you oh, guys on the, the Riz show talking about neighbors doing yard work or construction. I forget the whole me, context. I think it was. I think it was a. It was a weed whacker at like seven thirty or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, well, let me let me tell you about this chucklehead that lives behind me that Good I've been well, trying to say hello to. Does, does chucklehead have a name? <laughs> uh, no, I don't Mister. know. I, let me. That that goes into what I'm about to tell you. Okay. So we've lived in this house for three years. I have said hello to this guy that lives behind us 15 times. I might get a head nod, maybe, but nothing verbal back. No hello, no nothing, okay? So two Saturday mornings ago, man, I was having some good sleep. Good sleep. 7.30 in the morning, that son of a bitch starts running an electric buzzsaw in his backyard like he's building the deck that day. Like, th- like then. 
And so it completely woke me up. Uh, so I went outside to take my dog out because she didn't have to go. And I just was walking in my backyard going, no, it's all right. It's Saturday morning. No, no big deal. No, nobody wants to sleep around here. It's fine. And then a couple minutes later, he ended up stopping. But I just, listen, man, I understand it gets hot. I understand people have things to do. But I feel like before 8 o'clock on a Saturday morning, you're a real J.O. And then I feel like it shouldn't be, I wouldn't do it before 9. Like, I feel that's like. My, that's my starting point. It's 9 a.m. I feel like people have got their weekend sleep. Ordinarily during the week, workers or people like, hey, they can start at 7 a.m. And I don't blame them. They got to get ahead of it. But on the weekend, I feel like 9 a.m. is my is well, my and and during the week, time. during the week, most people are going to be up and moving by 7:30, exactly. yeah. 7 o'clock, something like that. But the weekend, come on, man, I, I, come I, on. I, I, I don't, uh, you know, man. It, it just it's one of those things that just strikes me of not caring about the people in which that are living uh, around you. The worst, isn't it? And that is what bothers me as much as. So, what's the else. cutoff on the back end of that? Like seven, eight, nine o'clock at night? Because I've had people like 9:30. All of a sudden, you're hearing the yeah. and they're like getting that final mow in real quick before bed. Well, see, here's and here's where it gets a little fishy for me on that one because the guy that lives next door, not behind me, but next door, he does yard work. Like that's his deal. So sometimes he will mow later in the evening, you know, like because that's when he gets home. Yeah, but like. <laughs> That dude is up and out before me. That dude is not home until long after me. So you give so him like, a free pass? Oh, hell yeah, right. man. I, that's what I feel like, you know? Yeah. But it wouldn't bother us anyway because we don't have anybody in bed that early. You know what we I'm saying? We don't either, yeah. but I, I just remember like when my boys, my twins were so young and oh. it was hard to keep them asleep. And then one would sleep, the other one wouldn't, wouldn't, and they'd flip-flop. And you're like, okay, nobody's getting any sleep. They're finally resting. And then... Oh, and I'm like, son of <laughs> the worst. Oh, but it would be like worst. at like 8.30 at night, which I know isn't late, but when you're a parent with young kids and they just went to sleep, it feels like this is midnight. Right, right, absolutely well, so. also all this West Coast, you know, playoff hockey, and you're going to be up late, and then some J.O. Uh, wakes you up at 7.30 in the morning or 9 o'clock or whatever, that's a bunch of crap. And more than anything else, man, I have, like, these inconsistencies with my sleep schedule. It's so dumb. I don't know what's going on. But for, like, a month, I'll sleep great. But then for a couple weeks, I sleep like crap. It's just weird. And so this particular Saturday morning... Oh, dude, I was in the middle of one. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I was it. laid out. It was the good sleep. And so, man, when I woke up, I was crabby as hell. The, the <laughs> neighbor that you keep saying hello to and he doesn't say anything to you, could he be deaf? I, do, I don't know, man, I, because I've said That's hello to call, Jeff. You I've said hello to his, his wife a couple times. Nothing. I've said hello to their kids. Nothing. Maybe you should wave. Did you wave? I did not. Well, we've waved before, though. Okay. I have definitely waved so, with no wave and, back. Oh, no, oh, wave, no wave back. Hundred percent. Okay. Right, and he has hands, gonna, right? As far as I could see. <laughs> as far as I could see. You know what I mean? So, like, it just—I yeah. don't know. And then it gets caught into my head. Um, and then also, too, they mow their lawn and then don't uh, clean up the grass clippings in the sidewalk. And I know that that's a real okay, small no, thing, and not everybody does that. Thing for me, but dude. I freaking cannot stand. Who the heck looks at that and is like, "Okay, I'm done. This this looks fine." My all na- over the sidewalk, all over the road, and all. I'm like, "This is ridiculous." I my can't my stand neighbor's that. driveway is like it's driveway pavement, and then my my front yard starts when I or somebody in my house cuts <laughs> cuts the grass. I do the I do the edging, so I'm out there. I'm sweating. I'm out there for at least eleven minutes. <laughs> 
That was good. That was good. I hope everybody out there got the reference. But I always go out there with a with a leaf blower and get the the cut grass off of their driveway, off of the street in front of my house, off of our walkway. Because first of all, it looks hooge, and second of all, you can bring it into your house. Well, dude, and plus, so man, dumb. So I, you go to all the trouble. To get everything else looking good, and then you just leave the grass on the yeah. sidewalk. You what know what? Do what do you do? What grass, do, you do? grass on the sidewalk is like leaving dishes in the sink. That just there's no reason for it. And also, it's laziness. Know, just take the next step. All right, and to take this in a, in a, in a some somewhat weird direction, but like I'm sort of at this point in my life where I realize that I get upset about dumb things, about things that just do not matter, that are a waste of my time, a waste of my energy, and so I'm really trying to pick and choose what I waste my energy yeah, on. you're wasting it on the good things. But, but damn it, that pissed me off. I think that's a good one to waste Man, your, your energy just, on. I was just like, dude, are you flipping kidding me out of everything but you know man it is what it is and uh and, and most of my other neighbors are really you know pretty nice people it's just you know like you know i am not a social butterfly outside of the building you know yeah. and so like for me to, to to hey how are you like that's like a pretty big you kind of put yourself out there yeah with, oh and also too let me take this the golden retriever that lives in their house loves us like loves yeah, because us because he's living in a house of misery yeah, he's <laughs> probably so man, probably he's so. probably trying to get a message by blinking get <laughs> me like, yeah get me out of here international sign <laughs> yeah. of help like you keep one thumb tucked in or something help me please the dog's got his paw up but we see the dog all the time and i'm like oh man you're so you know he's just such a handsome fella back there man you know what well like most cases the animals are better than the humans yeah sorry abs- man absolutely so, so man absolutely now, so. you did bring up something, Jeff. You said, oh, these playoffs of, you know, West Coast stuff. You guys catching this Vegas series at yeah, all? Yeah, a little to bit. To kind of move this forward a little bit? Mm-hmm. I have not. I, I, have, I have not watched. But, well, wait, they've only played one game yet. One though, right? game, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I did not. Heck of a game. Yeah, I, I watched the, like, eight or nine-minute recap that the NHL puts out. Wow. Wow. Uh, Montreal came out with a big push. Now, now, wait, just before you start, weren't they missing a few pieces for game one, too? Vegas? No, no, no. Montreal. Uh, yes, Montreal is missing a couple of guys. Not okay. superstars, but certainly good players that would help them. It looks like they're going to get two of those guys back for uh, game two, which would be tonight. Right. Uh, but Montreal came out with a big push. Like In the first couple of minutes, they were all over the Golden Knights, and Marc-Andre Fleury just comes up big again, makes the saves, keeps Vegas out of trouble, and then Vegas just like surgically goes to work. And just, you know, kind of dismantles Montreal through the whole game. They're just so big, so strong. It just seems like their their offense was like laying in the weeds, waiting and just taking all of that offense and then said, okay, you guys didn't score. We're going to go do this now. Yeah. And the way they're playing, like it just, I don't hate to say it because they're not, we're not playing anymore. The Blues, they remind me so much of the 2019 Blues where, they just impose their physicality. And it's not like they run around and kill people left and right. They have one line that's specifically two players that really get after it, and that's Carrier and Reeves. They really get after it, and they do a great job. Uh, they also have guys who flip-flop in and out of that line, Colasar, Yanmark. They have rotate guys through there. But Mark Stone, as much as we don't like him, uh, William Carlson, even Marcia So, all these guys play so physical. And the D, like Braden McNabb. Uh, you've got Alec Martinez, Alex Petrangelo, where he's playing probably as good as he played in that Stanley Cup run here for the Blues. It's it's crazy how dominant he is out there right now. 
but they're just wearing down the opposition. And what's the one thing that we used to always say about the Blues in that playoff run where we're like, we know we have a team when they try to beat us at our game. Mm. Yeah. Every time a team tried to come in and punch us in the mouth first, right? Like, we're going to run you out of the building. By halfway through the game. They were gassed. And then halfway through the series, done. San Jose, oh, you're done. Yeah. It's over. And this is what I'm seeing right now out of Vegas is this team that just so comfortable being in the war of body checking out there, but then so good at executing plays. Are, are you still on the tip that this is the team to beat? This for... is the team to beat. Yeah. I watched Tampa last night. They're... They're a juggernaut, too. Trust me. They uh, they laid a good old-fashioned beating on the Islanders. However, the Islanders got off their game. They got rattled. They had some penalty trouble, and Barry Trotz was angry. They just looked like, ah, they got sidetracked. So I think the Islanders are still a good team. But I watched Tampa. They're so deep with the players that they have. The scoring comes from everywhere. Their power play is crazy. Their goaltending is great. I, I do still think it's Vegas, Tampa in the final. And I, I've got Vegas winning it. I really do. I think wow. they're just a little bit bigger. Tampa's more talented across the board, but I think the size and the way they play, the the at the uh, how hard Vegas plays is going to end up being it'll be a six or seven game. I was series. just going to ask that. How long you thought mm-hmm. the probably series seven? Will go, to yeah. be honest, and I think it'll be hard fought. But I think that's where you know Vegas will come out. Hey, it, so with both Tampa and Vegas, it seems as though these teams have used creative salary cap. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping you. So I was nice hoping the way you're saying there. that. No, to, 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 why don't you? Why don't you become right now, Donnie? You do this really well on a regular basis. Why don't you be average Joe, who's had a few too many sodas right now, and wait. call out what you want to call out about the Tampa Bay Lightning? No, 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 no. I'm not. That's not what I was going to call <laughs> I know, out. But I wish I was. I was kind of hoping you would. Oh no, 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 man. I was just. All right, gonna, Jeff, you do it. Damn uh, it. <laughs> let's see. Maroon's fat. No, oh, no, what, no. What he's uh, chubby but effective. I think oh. is what he called himself. Okay, so a lot of people. Uh, and I'm sorry to cut you off. A no. lot of people just because otherwise the hamster, you know, he, I get it, brother. You know, gets I get tired it. quickly. It's, I'm glad when it's not God, me. I love yeah. the Canadian. Sorry, I, yeah. I sorry. Eh? God, <laughs> um, you weren't even trying. Either. So Tampa's 18 million dollars over the salary cap right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would they think nobody noticed? Right? <laughs> That's so crazy to me. It's crazy. But here's the thing: is yes, did they circumvent the rules? Well, yeah, they did. But did they have legit injuries? Yes. Do you think the Tampa Bay Lightning, or do you think uh, Nikita Kucherov purposely said to the Lightning, hey, I, I, I love playing hockey, I love scoring goals, I love making a lot of money, uh, but I'd rather not play until the playoffs? Well, no, he never said that, right? right? So it was probably maybe three, four days, maybe a week, grace period, where he maybe they could have put him in there for a game. They opted not to, to avoid the salary cap disaster that would have been. Uh, so the rules are there. Uh, they, they they played by the rules. We don't like the rules, but that's not our fault. The rules are there. But dive deeper into that roster, okay? Vasilevsky, first rounder. Kucherov, second rounder. Hedman, first rounder. Braden Point, third rounder. Alex Kalorn, seventh rounder. Andre Palat, seventh rounder. What I'm saying is several teams had an opportunity to draft these guys. Okay? In fact, no, Braden Point, let's see here. I don't know if... No, uh, Tyler Johnson, unrestricted. He left college hockey. Nobody wanted him. And, wow. and so, shame on you, NHL. You had a chance at all of these guys. Sure. Right. You had a chance. Yeah. And you didn't take them. And then Tampa, Steve Eisenman said, okay, let me go to work here. Built a masterpiece. 
And then Julian Breesbaugh took over from Steve Eisenman, added some veteran guys, some Pat Maroon-type guys, some McDonough defensemen, and last year Zach Bogosian, some grit out there. But the Tampa Bay Lightning are built from within. It's not a case where it's like the New York Yankees, where they just went and bought a team. Sure. Right? No, that's not the case. So if our listeners want to go back, look for the draft. I could be wrong on a couple of those things. But I know they only had like two first-rounders out of that whole thing, which means everybody else could have been picked by another team by their scouting staff. So, yeah, did they circumvent the rules? Yeah, but the core of their team, they've picked, they've developed, they've brought into uh, this organization. So, yeah, uh, kudos to them. And as far as the Vegas Golden Knights, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm I'm going to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights when you're done. Okay, so, so the Vegas yeah. Golden Knights, um, they played a guy short for a majority of the season because they had to get under the salary cap. And when asked about the, the reason, Pete DeBoer asked, was asked about it. And then, of course, uh, Kelly McCrimmon, the current general manager, was asked about it. And they were honest. Because at one point when they signed Alex Petrangelo, they thought, okay, Max Pacioretty has to go. He's got to go, right? Kelly McCrimmon said, no. No, he doesn't. Okay, well, Marc-Andre Fleury has to go then, right? No, he doesn't. And so Kelly McCrimmon went down this road of experimental GMing and said, we'll just play a guy short. But I get to keep Alex Petrangelo, Max Pacioretty, and Marc-Andre Fleury. He's on record by saying, if I have those guys, and specifically he mentioned Alex Petrangelo. He says, if I have the opportunity to add Alex Petrangelo to my lineup, but I have to play one-fourth liner short or two guys short, one defenseman short, one forward, I'm doing it every day of the week. And his thought process was, again, circumvent the rules. Hang on, hang on. Your team's going to be good enough to get into the playoffs, to have a good spot, and then you get everybody back. And now I know that if they had run into trouble throughout the season, he would have made a change and found a way to get to the salary cap because they needed guys. They never had that problem. He's three wins away from the final. They never had that problem. And it was a 52-game schedule. So he played the odds. Imagine that in Vegas. He played the odds, and he won. Did you see this posting? And I don't. Uh, Patrico sent it to me, so I don't know how old it is. Oh, it uh, a year ago. How the playoff roster was built by the Vegas Golden Knights. Have you seen this? And I won't read through the whole thing because it talks about basically everybody on their roster. But it's give us who, a little who they acquired via the expansion draft. Uh, William is it Carrier? Yeah, yeah Carrier. Okay. Carlson. Yep. Uh, Marcheseau. Yep. McNabb. Uh-huh. Flurry. Is it Nosek? Yeah. Tom, Thomas Nosek. Thomas Nosek. And then acquired via expansion draft trades. Theodore, uh, Riley Smith, Alex Tuck, and then acquired via trade. There's 10 more people, and then free agency. Uh, Petrangelo, Holden, White Cloud, and Patrick Brown. Wow. I so, mean, that's the way to so put it. So they built their team. Yeah. Like, you got to tip your hat. They built the team. No, absolutely. And, and here was my question more than anything else with both of these rosters and the, and the salary cap gymnastics is, how does it affect them going forward and moving on to next year? Now, obviously, they're they're – and I would think that these teams might look at it as a bit of a luxury to be able to roll off a player uh, to the expansion side of things to maybe make that salary cap issue not as great. But but what does this mean for both teams moving forward? Like, how long is Vegas going to be able to have uh, the goalie situation that they have? You know what I'm saying? Like, like is this a sustainable way for both of these teams moving forward? Yeah, so 
one thing you said there was absolutely correct is they're going to have the luxury of losing, if you like air quotes, yes. losing a player in the expansion. And luxury is the wrong word there. Losing luxury, whatever you yeah. want to call it. You're right. That's one way to lose salary without having to buy a guy out or make a trade that you don't like. You're just like, okay, here's all the guys you can take. Vegas probably put some high-priced guys in there on purpose, hoping that they come off the books, especially if you, they win a Stanley Cup this year. All of a sudden, they'll be like, okay, we've got our core. We know what we can do. We won the cup. Okay. We have a window going here. Exactly. Yeah, that sort of thing. The goaltender situation is going to be interesting because I anticipate Marc-Andre Fleury to win the Vesna this year. And if Vegas goes on to win the Stanley Cup, I would anticipate him winning the Conn Smythe at the same time. He's older on the back end, on the back nine of his career. Hmm. But those are two pretty big trophies to win when you're that age. And they've got Robin Lehner tied up for like another five years at like six or seven million dollars. So what do you do with Marc-Andre Fleury? Uh, Do you protect Fleury and do you leave Lehner exposed or do you go the other way around? And Marc-Andre Fleury now, your number one goalie, is exposed to Seattle and he's off to build a new franchise. What would you do if you were the GM Uh, out of those two? What wow. I would do is I would re-sign Flurry, probably to two, maybe a three-year deal, modestly. I tell him you're not getting a raise. Like he's making seven million dollars. I mean, you're going to make five, okay? I know you're coming off a banner year, but you're also, you know, at the end of your career. I'm not pot committed to this, and so I try to go with that. I would leave Robin Leonard exposed, and it's not because I want to lose him. But I'm more comfortable losing him than I am Mark Andre Fleury. Do you know if they have anything, anybody coming up that may, may be ready next year or no? I haven't dove that far into their farm system. What a lazy ass. Yeah, I know. I apologize. <laughs> this guy. I, the reason I never have is because they've had those two. Right, yeah. Like, right. You haven't had to. It's irrelevant. Yeah. They literally you know I mean? don't have goalies they had in their Oscar, uh, Oscar Donsk was in the system, and I think he was again this year, and he's a good goalie. But it's not like nothing worth diving past that, you know. Uh, so they'll do that. Tampa Bay will do the same thing. At Tampa Bay, I think has Johnson coming off the books, and I think I think Maroon has another year. He's nine hundred thousand. That's kind of I don't say irrelevant, but it's not going to be a big fish. I'd have to look at their roster too. Tampa will strategically post uh, or unprotect a couple of guys too. They're, they'll get under the salary cap. They'll figure out a way to make it work. What does somebody like Pat Maroon do now? Does he just if, if let's say? They get to the final and he doesn't win. Vegas wins. Yeah. Or they get to the final and he wins his third cup in a row. Does he just sit back and just start taking phone calls? I could be. I think he's got one more year. Oh, he does. He oh, signed I thought he was one done. year Sorry. free agency. Then he signed a two year extension okay. at 900 each year. So I think he's got another year. Oh, so but, he's fine. Yeah. So either way, uh, he's fine. He'll be in Tampa. Maybe he'll be in Seattle. You never know. Seattle might be like, hey, look, we, we want the big rig. We, we know all about how great he is in the locker room. He's a leadership guy. Now he's won, he's won the Stanley Cup turkey three in a row. Yeah. You know, like, oh, my gosh. He's got the hair flip going. Did you yeah. see the hair oh, flip? Yeah, he's got the oh, hair. my gosh. He looks like a Harley bike, like a, like a Hells Angels guy that's playing out there. The long hair, the beard, the barrel chest. He's like the guy that, you know, you're looking over at the bar and you're like, call him names. And he stands up and you're like, God oh, damn it. <laughs> Damn it. He's so not looking like a professional athlete sometimes, and I, I mean this with all due respect, that Phil Kessel goes, man, is that guy a real athlete? <laughs> Phil, Kessel. <laughs> Phil Kessel looks over and goes, dude, seriously? <laughs> so um, oh, so a couple things here. It feels as though this NHL offseason with the flat salary cap and the expansion draft, 
I mean, is there? It feels like there's going to the, the potential is there for there to be a lot of movement. A lot of movement, yeah. There's going to be a lot of movement for sure. Obviously, because by default, somebody from every team is going to Seattle, and that's going to be a chain reaction to those organizations. You lose a guy, you got to find a guy, whether it's internally or externally. You've got to plug the hole. Uh, and then they're going to have the draft, and there's expiring contracts. The new deadline day, quite honestly, is the day before the day of the NHL draft because people now are getting rid of guys with a year left on their contract. No longer is it the the rental player. Teams want a full year. If I'm going to trade for this guy, I want him for the full season, and then I would like the luxury to maybe send him off as a rental somewhere and recoup a draft pick. It's crazy how is it, it works. the financial situation right financial now? Financial and the way they're trying to build from within development. It's just a smart move now to keep stocking up the cupboard with young players or draft picks for the future uh, because the league is trending younger and younger all the time. Uh, so it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be busy. It's going to be busy. Unrestricted free agency is going to be weird. I still think the big fish will get paid. Uh, after that, I think there's going to be a gap. I think you're going to see a lot of like Mike Hoffman deals from this year, like the $4 million. You know, take it and prove it. Take it and prove it. Go out there and see what you can do. There's not going to be a ton of that five, six million dollar range where guys are just getting that. I think you'll get like I think Landeskog, he'll land you know somewhere around eight, maybe seven to eight, depending on what, how many years he gets. How many years the Blues give him? Right. <laughs> well, I hope so, but I don't know. I'm just got other options too. I, know. I thought you options. already said he was coming here. Yeah. Well, you said that. I said that, and then I I thought about another possibility too. Ooh. Which I know, Jeff. <laughs> you okay? I yeah, think I'm okay. Somebody's sitting on a feather. <laughs> I think you and I talked about it a little bit in the hallway the one day. Is there's an interesting situation brewing in Calgary? Is they uh, they didn't have a great year. Daryl Sutter's the coach. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. He's got a very definitive way that he likes to run his team. And I think there's a few players that I don't know if they fit in or not. And Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monahan are right now looking like, oh boy, the, one of these guys, if not both, could be moved in the offseason for something. Mark Giordano is almost certain to be picked by Seattle in the expansion draft, and it's almost certain that the Flames won't protect him because of his age and the money that he makes and the fact that they have other younger defensemen that they would rather protect. So you're going to need somebody on the back end, and you'll probably need somebody up front. And there's an interesting situation brewing with our very own Matthew Kachuk. Okay? Matthew Kachuk loves Calgary. Let's just set this the stage properly here. He loves Calgary, loves playing there, loves his team, couldn't be happier. He's salt of the earth kid. Unbelievable. But I'm going to take Matthew and just put him in, put earmuffs on him and put him in the corner, okay? He's got a year left at $7 million. Then he becomes a restricted free agent with arbitration rights for a year. The next year, he's unrestricted. So if I'm the Calgary Flames and I've gotten rid of a couple of pieces off this team and maybe we're in a, uh, a moving rebuild situation, how much is Matthew Kachuk motivated to be in a moving rebuild where all of a sudden all his playmakers are gone. His leadership group is gone. If I'm his agent, not Matthew, because Matthew, he just loves to play the game of hockey. I don't know if anybody loves it more than him. But if I'm his agent, I go, okay, one more year of $7 million, and then I'm playing hardball. Like We'll go to arbitration. We'll do all this, and... If you don't reward my player with this kind of a salary, then we'll sign that one-year deal that gets awarded, but then we're done. We're gone. In two years, we're unrestricted. We're walking. 
So now you've lost that too, and you'll get no compensation for that in two years. You don't have to. Someone can just, he'll just walk away unrestricted. So I'm sitting here going, maybe the St. Louis Blues could motivate the Calgary Flames to pick up the phone and, I don't know, put together a couple of pieces and send them to Calgary to acquire Matthew Kachuk and then as soon as you get him, look to extend him because he is a franchise-type player. He's that big fish left winger, plays right wing to net front presence, sandpaper, salt of the earth, again, homegrown technically. Like, this would be a dream for the St. Louis Blues to acquire a guy like that. Imagine Matthew Kachuk playing on the left wing with Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron. Whoop. Doctor. I can't. Would they oh. give him seven? I don't know. I think if he asked for it, I think he would just take 19. No, I, I think, think so. Matthew, I think Matthew's of the, the thought process of he's his own Kachuk. Now, the other one, Brady, he wears seven up in Ottawa. Right, right. Which obviously that's a no brainer. Uh, maybe Matthew would come back and take seven. I mean, the big rig wore number seven while he was here. Right. Maybe Matthew would do it too. I'm not sure. Um, either way, I don't give him, I give him any number he wants. So, Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Salary-wise, too. Okay, I'll let him have six. That's not retired? I thought... I let Scandella take it out of the rafters. That's nice of you. Super nice of you. So, so I mean, could could there be any similarities between what Brady is enduring in Ottawa right now with potentially maybe Matthew doing that 100%. in Calgary, too? They kind of endured it the same thing. If you look at the standings, Calgary barely finished ahead of Ottawa. Okay. This season, yeah. which a surprise, Ottawa did much better than we thought, but then Calgary, the flip side, didn't do nearly as good as we thought. So if that's the experience he's going through, and look, it, there's also some other factors too, but I don't want to like lead the witness here too much. Yeah, Matthew Kachuk's minutes per game went down about three, four minutes a game under Daryl Sutter, which was odd because you look at it and you're like, man, Matthew Kachuk is, if Daryl Sutter was about to build a player in like the video game, it would be Matthew Kachuk. And yet, and Daryl Sutter is on record, by the way, of saying uh, that he needed to find more minutes for Matthew Kachuk. But it never really came out that way. Like, it never got there. So, I don't know. Does it feel, this whole Daryl Sutter in Calgary thing feels like it could be a really bad fit. Just as far as with the players that they have, the type of coach in which that he is, it feels like they have a bench full of players that are not Daryl Sutter type players, which I understand he didn't start the year there. But he also feels to me like maybe he could be that type of personality that might not play well with today's NHL players. Uh, Both of those statements are true, okay? Uh, Daryl Sutter is actually beloved by players who had him before. And I know you've said that, too, and I don't mean to shortchange him. him. No, no, no. You know, man, sometimes time changes. When you come in halfway through a season, it's in a weird season, there's no crowd, it's pandemic, there's 52 games, It's, it's an odd situation to come into not your players. Daryl had no say in what he was given to work with. It can be difficult. It can be challenging on both sides for the coaching staff as well as the players. You will see a more tailor-made Daryl Sutter team uh, moving into next season. Now, what that means, I think it. I think it eliminates guys like Johnny Gaudreau. I think it eliminates Sean Monahan. I don't think it eliminates Matthew Kachuk. I think Matthew Kachuk becomes the the lead dog there. But then it's going to come down to can Brad Living knowingly keep a player uh, knowing that two years from now he's going to walk and maybe for nothing. nothing. So then how do you figure that out, right? And if, if that's the case, maybe you make a move. And then maybe if a team like St. Louis calls up Calgary 
and offers a Robert Thomas, a Vince Dunn, and maybe a third piece to that, to where you're like, for Matthew Kachuk. Now, my third piece would be Vladimir Tarasenko. I would... Now, Vladdy has a no-trade clause, but there's ways to get around that. I mean, yeah, give him a couple of bucks. No, no, but you just tell him flat out, you're not part of our plans right. anymore moving forward. We're going to expose you in the expansion draft. We're going to do this. We, just, we don't hate you. We're just we're moving on. Like We're looking for the best deal for you, and you know this could be a landing spot. He might say no. He might say go stick it where the sun don't shine, and that's fine. Then you'd have to get maybe a little more creative. But I could see Calgary, they're going to be losing Giordano. They need a defenseman. Robert Thomas, a young guy, part of their on-the-fly rebuild, good player. Uh, and then a Tarasenko, if he accepted this kind of a trade, well, he's got potential being a 25-30 goal scorer. You pick that up, and he's cost certainty for the Calgary Flames because he's got 7.5 for two years, and then they don't have to keep him. Well, the irony here is that when Robert Thomas first broke in, didn't he stay with the Kachucks? <laughs> He's very good friends with the entire family, but he did live at the Kachuk house. So, you know, feelings aside on this one, I think that like Jordan Cairo to me is a no move. Right. I wouldn't move Jordan Cairo because right now you're right side. You need some future scoring. And he's there for you. You got Perron, but you got Cairo Derisenko. I'm sorry. It's a question mark right now. I, right. I think based on the back of his hockey card, Wow, this is a great player. But look at the last two seasons. Very little time played, and I, I just worry that he's more of a question mark. I'm going to throw something out there that's going to make him close his eyes and shake his head and go, uh, what the hell were you thinking? Okay. But I just thought of this, and I don't know if it could happen, but maybe I'm just trying to reinvent history or go back in time again. But remember how when the Stanley Cup run in, what was it, 2019? When Alexander Steen became team guy. And he was pushed down to the fourth line and became mm-hmm. the best fourth liner in the NHL. Yeah. He was a forward. Things weren't happening offensively up there. Mm-hmm. Sure, he'd, he would need a haircut, as you say, to stick around. But what about doing that with uh, James Schwartz? Because he's so responsible, yeah. defensively speaking. Will he ever score 20-plus goals again? Could he, could he be that guy? Or is the fourth line already set and we don't need to worry about that? I just think you're going. That's a lot of money to be paying a fourth liner who's unrestricted, right? So Alexander Steen, it defaulted to that, right? He was making, he was five million on the books. He wasn't making that his last year, but on the the salary cap because of the average annual value was a five million dollar hit on the team. But they'd already signed that contract. So what they did is they found a spot for this player to excel at and help the team, and he was willing to do it. I think it would be very kind of impossible for Doug Armstrong to sit there and go, I'm going to knowingly now go out and extend a player or offer a new contract to a player of $5 million or four, five, five and a half. And he's going to be my fourth liner. Yeah. Like, think about that. Like McKenzie so it's McKecker a little more makes, palatable if McKenzie it's, McKecker makes 750,000. So it's a little more palatable <laughs> if it's like done during the season out of need or something to that effect. If he's already currently under contract. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise you, you just, I couldn't, Imagine sitting at that desk as Doug Armstrong going, I'm going to offer a fourth liner five million, four to six here. million dollars. Yeah, I told you that was a dumb question, Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. it's a good question. It's just that there's different scenarios. Yeah. That's okay. all. That makes sense. I want to go back to 91 real quick. How long ago did he change agents for Mike Leute? And is that a bigger deal than – is that yeah. a big deal? That was a couple weeks ago. I shouldn't say a couple weeks. Everything's a couple weeks for me. Yeah. It's, it's at the end of this season – Towards the end of this season with the Blues, 91, Tarasenko changed agents to the same agent as uh, Artemi Panarin. Oh! So, 
whether that means he wants to do something as far as getting over to the New York Rangers or I don't know what it means. Um, ultimately, it's weird because usually in the middle of a contract, you don't change agents because your past agent still gets paid for what you're going to make because he's the one who negotiated it. And maybe there's endorsement deals that Mike Liute missed out. I know Mike Liute does a heck of a job for his players, so I don't have the whole story. I do find it odd. And odd in what way? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is it a head-scratcher in, ooh, what could be going on? Or is it a head-scratcher in, like, what the hell is he doing? Guys, listen, here's the thing, man. I I have really been trying to fight this Tarasenko thing for a while. Like, like... But you know my, it's like it where go. there's smoke, there's fire, yeah. sort of thing. I feel like yeah, there's too many things that make you go, hmm. What else don't I know, or something like that? It, what kind of a guy is he, as far as what market he would want to play in? And he doesn't, he wouldn't want to go to Calgary, and he wouldn't want the bright lights in New York. What kind of a? I would, I would think the media in a big media market would kill him. That would not right. be a strong suit. Yeah, that's like one of the saying. reasons I'm yeah. asking. He just doesn't seem I don't like really that guy. Look, at, I know Vladdy, okay, and but I don't really know him like it's a surface like see each other had a few beers had a couple laughs worked with him on the ice um you know but that's the extent of it so as far as Mm. diving into like what he would like what he wouldn't like i just i i'm holding back on having an opinion because i don't know right Mm. right i just know that he's a very proud individual and he's not going to want to be somewhere where he's not wanted and vladdy is he's very competitive too even though sometimes we look at it on the ice, we're like, okay, I don't know about that. But he really is. He's a competitive guy. And, again, if he felt like he wasn't needed or wanted in an area or someplace, I think he would look to go stick it to people by playing somewhere else and showing how good That's he is. crazy because you always say, hey, man, it's a business, it's a business. And you're literally saying the Blues would kind of sort of – Make him feel unwanted no, so not, that he would. And I know that's the wrong term, but, but you know what I mean? But that's part of the business. Too, that's what right? I'm saying. That's part yeah. of the business of like laying out the cards saying, here's what we're doing. Now, you know, I, I don't know how we do it. But now, Doug Armstrong, he's also going to be very cautious because Vladimir Tarasenko is a proven, proven NHL star. And if he recaptures any kind of that form or comes back like a possessed man, then that's a feather in your cap too. So I, this is True. a very, very difficult situation for Doug Armstrong because it's unknown. And But going back to my original statement with this, I think it's a time in the last five to six years, this is the one time where I think everybody is in play on the Blues. I think there's a couple of people that aren't. I don't think Jordan Bennington is in play. I don't think Ryan O'Reilly is in play. That's it. Wow. I think everybody else, guys, is in play. If Doug Armstrong can improve this team, if he believes that you know trading a player that may be unpopular but it imp- improves the team, he's going to do it. And that's why I think that Vladdy's available. I think that Schwartzy could end up having to walk. I think that uh, Justin Falk, as much as he played great last year, Tory Krug, these are guys he signed. I get it. But if he has an opportunity to make the team better, He's going to do it. All right. Can I ask just one more thing on the way I out would of here? If I was you. <laughs> this isn't a Blues one, but uh, yesterday I think the Rangers announced that uh, Gerard Gallant will be their yes, head buddy. coach. What it, to me, this just feels like an absolutely tremendous hire for a team that has a lot of talent on it. They have a ton of talent. First of all, do you know why they call him Spuddy? I do not. Okay. Well, he's from Prince Edward Island in Canada, which is this little wee. Bleep! It's not. It's like it's. It's like Rhode Island. Okay. All right. Like it's there. I can't see it, but I know it's there. <laughs> Prince Edward Island, and it's the potato capital of Canada. 
really is. They have red mud, and it's red dirt that they plant the potatoes in. And so Gerard Gallant is from there. So they we call them, instead of like spuds, you know, the spuds, spuddy. 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 Interesting. Yeah. That's fantastic. What I hate is a guy named Spuddy is making a hell of a lot more money than me. <laughs> he's making about 4 or $5 million a year coaching oh. the Rangers. Oh, which, never mind. He's not making more than which me. Which will probably... <laughs> That's true. I've seen your guys' ratings. <laughs> I've seen your, your share of the market. Wow. Um, 4 or $5 million a year, which will get him a studio apartment somewhere <laughs> in New York. Um, he's still trying to collect the first and last, but other than that... <laughs> But no, he's a great hire. You know, he did a fan- listen. His track record goes back to junior hockey, where uh, he won a couple of league titles in the Quebec League. Then he went on to win a Memorial Cup. Then he went on to coach in Florida, where he did a fantastic job. Remember how bad he got jobbed mm-hmm. in Florida, and they left him in a parking lot and all that crap. What a disaster that was! And all those guys, by the way, are long gone. Yeah, I bet. Long yeah. gone. And then he went to Vegas, and we know the story there. Did a fantastic job in Vegas. I think the organization just felt like they had reached the maximum potential of Gerard Gallant. And the reason I say that is he's an incredible players coach, gets the most out of guys. If there's one thing that's out there, and I don't know this to be true, I don't know enough about what Spuddy does behind closed doors. Eleven toes? Uh, no, oh. no, no, no. That would be an added bonus. That actually might get him more money. <laughs> Better balance. Just to buy different shoes, bigger, <laughs> one size bigger. Um, but no, Gerard Gallant, it's been rumored that he may not be the best X's and O's coach, okay? Or in-game management sometimes, adjusting on the fly to certain things. Okay, again, I don't know. I'm not in there. But I do know that the first thing, not the best X's and O's, that's easy to solve if you're Vegas. You sh- if you don't like that, then you get rid of one of your assistant coaches. Because mm. Brad Shaw, John Tortorella is a great coach. He's not the best X's and O's, but Brad Shaw is. Brad, I think you've, you've mentioned a couple Brad of coaches. Brad Shaw's phenomenal. You've that, mentioned a couple else. of coaches that aren't great hockey guys. They just yeah. surround themselves with hockey yeah, like, guys. Like Mike Keenan. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He knows ass from a hole in the ground. Um, <laughs> but he surrounded himself with X's and O's guys right, yeah. and gave them absolutely no credit at all, which was great, too, by him. Um, yeah. Now, moving on to Gerard Gallant, or moving back to Gerard Gallant, I think he would be amazing for the New York Rangers because the one complaint they had about David Quinn there before is that he, the players always felt like he was looking over their shoulder, like way too like, on them. And... And he didn't get along with the veteran players. I think because he's such a young guy, I think he looked at it as like challenging or I don't know. I don't know the whole situation. I do know that Gerard Gallant will be great for that team. The players are going to love him. That team's going to look much different than it did before as far as what their potential is. Uh, I think it's a great hire. So, you know, you, you look out there right now, Rick Tockett is probably the biggest fish on the market right now. I see him ending up in Seattle. I just do. Ron Francis played in Pittsburgh. I think they were in Pittsburgh at the same time together, Rick Tockett and Ron Francis. They definitely know each other from Canada Cup teams and things like that. Rick Tockett did an awesome job in Arizona. Contrary to what anybody believes, he he made chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what yeah. in Arizona. I think he was going to say poop. I think so. Yeah. And with the new group, a younger team, expansion team like that, Rick Tockett's a very, very, very good players coach at the same time. I think he's a perfect fit there. Boy, oh boy. I love hockey. I cannot wait for all of these things to start happening. Me neither, man. You know? Me neither. But uh, at least you got a, you've got you got a semifinal matchup tonight mm-hmm. uh, in uh, the Canadians and the Vegas Golden Knights. And, uh, gentlemen, I think next week 
here's a goal that I that I'm going to put in front of us that Uh-oh. we really just got to do. Next week we got to talk expansion. Yeah, let's come in with well, our list. Fault. With, with our with our totally expansion. Totally my fault, list. according to Twitter. Sure. <laughs> Did Is you that, see that? Yeah, what? we got called out on Twitter. Yeah, which like, is which is fine. We deserve that, but it shouldn't be Jeff. It should be all of us. It, no. The, the person who dummy. runs the uh, Twitter account maybe have called me out. Oh, that's <laughs> right. I did see that. Sorry, yeah. I got confused. Who does run it? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah, but Donnie, you remember that day I walked by your office and you said, I can't believe Jeff is holding us back on the expansion draft. I just want to wait, you guys. You remember that. I just want to wait a little I mean, you call me and say, close the door, and I know it's serious when you do that. Right. Boy, yeah. I've, I've never quite been thrown under the bus by you before, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know that I particularly care for it. So. All right, well, we got to get out of here because, truthfully, Jamie's going to the baseball game, you lucky bastard. Yeah, jerk. it's Chris Duncan Day down oh, at uh, Ballpark awesome. Village. I wish I'd have known how to wear my shirt. Yeah, Damn it's awesome. It. I, uh, I, I'm honored to be a part of it. I didn't know Dunk. I knew him to call in and talk to him and Anthony on the turn before yeah. Yeah. Um, before he got sick. Uh, but listen to the stories and all that. Like I say it all the time with Anthony, with Brad, with anybody who knew Dunk. I'm like, I feel like Dunk and I would have been really good friends. Oh, Boy, yeah. I, the number of beers that you would have drank already <laughs> would have been off the charts. And I want to say this just as a listener, and Jeff, I'm sure that you probably heard this too, when Dunk Duncan would have Papa Dunk and oh, Stalter yeah. on, and We're it was those Papa three. Dunk on today too, by the way. Oh, oh dude. dude. That just and his wife, bumps. Amy. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's really great, that's man. really neat. You know what? And, and we're going to end this, but that's a guy that should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. There is Dave no Duncan. reason that Dave Duncan should not be in the Baseball Hall of Fame for the way in which that he really revolutionized pitching. I mean, yeah. he was doing things back then that no one else as far as, you know, data collection and things like that. I just really believe that. Sorry. Another day. I'm with you, man. Another, another topic. But I love you. Anywho, uh, Last Minute Blues podcast, Jamie, Jeff, Donnie. Thanks, as always, for listening. We'll be back next Wednesday, as always, when it's applicable. Let's go, Blues. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.